We're meeting you on the couch today to introduce you to some faces behind Olive Tree Neurodiversity. I am Marlene and this is Christelle, my daughter, who is the media manager and the person responsible for all the beautiful artwork that you've seen on our social media pages. Now we are here to tell you our story, which is a story of a family, uh, a neurodiverse family, who had a front row seat on the roller coaster of the ride through all the difficulties and the delights of raising a neurodiverse child while still ourselves coming to terms with our own neurodiversity and also helping her to balance life. So thank you for joining me on the couch today, Christelle. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess we'd have to really start with you, um, you know, being the parent and everything. Um, <laughs> Chicken and egg. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, so um, I know that you have been diagnosed with dyspraxia. We are a neurodiverse family, um, so you have dyspraxia. Um, but that was only something that you were diagnosed with later on in your life. Um, so how did that affect you as a child? Well, I grew up at a time um, and a place where uh, there wasn't much of an understanding of the neurodiversity. Um, back then, you know, people were aware of dyslexia, but it wasn't really a big thing. Um, and also the demands um, and the place where I grew up there wasn't really much tolerance for differences. So um, coming in as a child who weren't very organized and very slow doing things and very clumsy <laughs> to try and cope in a place where sport is highly regarded and where academic achievement, you either had to be very sporty or very academic. Um, and then I came in there and I you know, up until the age of 10, I still couldn't really read. Um, so if it wasn't for my standard one or grade three teacher who took the time to actually teach mm. me to read and write, I would have really struggled. Um, but it was difficult. And I was known as the clumsy one. And I was known as the daydreamer. People could see that I was working hard but I was a daydreamer. My mind was forever wandering. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you drew a line on the floor and got me to walk on the straight line, I would actually fall off of it. I don't really know <laughs> of, of many people who could do that. So, um, yeah, that, that wasn't very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have dyslexia. Um, but as a child, um, I was only diagnosed at the age of nine. Um, so before that, when was the first time that you started noticing um, that there was something different with the way that I was doing things? I guess in a way, because we were a neurodiverse family, uh, being different was normal for us. Yeah. So I may have missed some things, but when you went to... Um, when you started school, um, you started off with great enthusiasm. You learned your sounds very quickly because um, it, 
they were using a multi-sensory interactive um, so synthetic phonics program and you mm. picked them up really quickly but then you had to start blending those sounds mm. to make words and you were sounding out the words or the, the, the letters but then you said a word that was completely random nothing to do with the sounds that you've just sounded out so that was the first point when I realised, oops, mm. okay, something's not ticking here. <laughs> You're taking a bit longer and it's having a bit more difficulty with yeah. that. But there were also a few other things as well. You know, you, you also struggled tying shoelaces and um, being on, you know, organising yourself and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I was diagnosed at the age of nine, as I said um, before. Um, what difference did having that assessment make, um, not just for me, but also for you as a parent? Um, the running up to the assessment was quite a stressful time because mm. uh, it took a lot of um, evidence gathering and you know, jumping through red tape and a lot of frustration to actually get to the point. And we had to do the assessment privately. Mm. But the assessment itself was like a total turning point in our lives. Not just mm. for us, for you. Yeah. For you yourself. Because during that assessment, the assessor took the time to show us how talented you really are um mm. looking at your strengths and saying wow you know you a part of your brain can really understand 3d shapes and you know thinking outside the box and and creatively and mm. you, you know your your verbal ability and everything was like really well developed but there was a certain little area that was causing the little stumbling blocks, mm. a tiny bit. And when you looked at it all and compared it, suddenly it didn't seem so bad anymore. And, and you yourself immediately yeah. got this massive confidence boost because up to now you've just felt that you were... Well, there, there were often times when you said to me, but I just can't do it. I, I'm dumb. I won't be able to learn and mm. things like that. So you were self-labeling and it really wasn't good for your confidence. And yeah. for me as a parent who've been through that, it triggered emotional experiences that, you know, made me feel really badly for you. And I didn't want you to go through that. Mm. So for us all, that assessment process was a big big game changer yeah. and suddenly you know it was like opening up a whole new world and yeah, yeah. being able to understand my brain exactly well, our brain really <laughs> yes because I yeah. also then started recognizing hang on a lot of these difficulties are very similar in me and, and back then you know I wasn't yeah. diagnosed at that time so it's actually this whole assessment thing it set me off on the process of, or the path of specialising. Yeah. Um, I was a qualified teacher by then already, 
but then I wanted to specialise and I really wanted to learn more about dyslexia so that I could help you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, what did you actually end up specialising in? Because, um, well, it, it took a few years for you to get to the point of going into those studies. Um, but what did you, why did you decide to do this specialisation and what led you to do that? Well, I did my, um, I did a master's degree in special needs education, mm -hmm. um, um, more the management side of that, yeah. inclusive education kind of thing. And then through that, there was the opportunity to do this, um, the specialised dyslexia assessor um, course, specific mm. learning difficulties um, yeah. course. And um, yeah, so... It was during that time, actually, when I could no longer mask and compensate with my own skills, um, with my own difficulties, I mean, because I was reading. I mean, I was so fascinated and so hyper-focused on, on this information, yeah. and I found it so fascinated. And I, I just had this build-up of, you know, explosion of knowledge in my head. But when it came down to writing my essays, my tutors came back to me and said, this doesn't really make sense. <laughs> and yeah. in my head, that made perfect sense. <laughs> so they suggested that I actually go for an assessment. Um, and I don't know whether it was because I've been a year one teacher so long and I've been teaching children phonics that I haven't really had a problem with phonics, but the general diagnosis was dyspraxia more than anything else because, mm. you know, I had those difficulties with motor control as, as a child. So yeah. um, there's a big overlap anyway between the difficulties. Um, a lot of, of, of great similarities as well. So, mm. yeah. So, um, yeah, you went to go and specialise so that you could help me with my learning and be able to sort of help me develop um but then by the time you'd actually finish your studies um let's just say I was very difficult to work with <laughs> um so yeah I didn't exactly want that help um anymore <laughs> so how did that make you feel uh, uh... <laughs> you want to know the start <laughs> well yeah i think frustration sums yeah. it up um yeah there i think a lot every, of <laughs> every parent just really want their child to be happy and really want to be able to help you no i've gone through all that effort to try and help you and now you didn't want my help but i very soon realized that what you needed from me was not mm to be your teacher or your tutor, you needed me to be your mum. Yeah. You just needed me to support you, to build a relationship with you. There were other people looking after your academic mm. side and you just needed me to be your mum. Yeah. Um, and, and you needed your dad to be your dad. Yeah. We could not provide you with academic skills somebody else could do that job yeah. and it was quite hard but it was such an important learning curve for, for 
for us as parents as well mm. and to understand that so what we then started focusing on was your strengths mm. yeah not trying to fix the difficulties just focusing on building your strengths and giving you opportunities that you could actually go out and and explore and really find out you know what are you good at yeah and celebrating those strengths rather than trying to fix the difficulties yeah no i i agree um i think that was such a big turning point for me personally um because it gave me the opportunity to find an outlet for my frustration um so that i wasn't associating my frustration with people but rather than um uh, rather the difficulties that i was having and understanding where all of that was coming from and finding ways to like i said have an outlet um and yeah basically sort of helping me to understand that actually having dyslexia is almost like a superpower um and yeah having the confidence to um so mum worked in um the same school as that i was in for primary school and we had an assembly um where we basically were enlightening people on dyslexia and what it means to have dyslexia and it was such an incredible experience um that even like afterwards there was um one of the teachers came up to me and um said that one of the little uh, children in her class actually said oh, I wish I had dyslexia because it's so awesome like it's just <laughs> this whole other world that you live in um it's so cool so just being able to understand this whole other incredible world and being able to see your strengths as a mm. superpower rather than oh well you know I'm all right with this but mm. I really suck at the other thing <laughs> what really reassured me as a parent was the time when you came up to me and you said to me oh mom i just love my dyslexic yeah. brain it makes me think of the coolest things ever and that's when i knew you own your label yeah your your label doesn't own you you own your label and you are living up to this and you are you are seeing the incredible strengths that you are getting with yeah. that and it really encouraged us as, us as a whole family as well and we we could celebrate the strengths within the family yeah because we all have difficulties and yes we could be compassionate with each other on that mm. side but we could really encourage each other on the strengths as well and, and focusing on, on that yeah. and it was just beautiful to see how you yeah. earned that yeah well it gave us the opportunity to celebrate the gifts that god gave us so yeah no that was a really incredible time i think in the journey of um that we've taken um but yeah i mean saying that um we also had our really low points um like when i went to secondary school that was a very very difficult time period especially year seven yeah um yeah. i think we spent most of year seven crying and praying <laughs> <laughs> yes so <laughs> that's what pulled us through <laughs> yeah yeah it was um but by the time that you reached your gcses and the pr 
pressures built up mm. you had built you had a lot of really great support from yeah. the school and um, you had developed independencies by that time so that you mm. could take responsibility for your learning and that you were actually accepting help still not from me but <laughs> from the right kind of people yeah. who, could, who could help you through your GCSEs yeah. um, and that was also like really motivating for you mm. to go on further with your studies yeah um, did you find that you had um, that throughout my um, school years did you find that you had support as a parent um, going through all of these emotions with me uh, within the family but I did I, I did feel a lack of um, somebody to talk to really um, mm. it would have been nice at that time to have had a community of parents to say oh you know what my child's going through a similar thing mm. this is what I'm experiencing as a parent you're not alone in this yeah um, I didn't really have that at the at the time. Yeah. Um, probably because of the nature of my job, I couldn't really. Um, you weren't really able to talk outside of the school. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it was a it was a difficult place for me to be in, being a teacher and a mum, and not really being able to be part of that community and, and yeah. that's something that I really missed and I, I see the need for as a parent to have somebody Definitely. that you could talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, obviously going into university, um, going through all of these uh, different hurdles and um, yeah, <laughs> basically getting to the point where I was able to, you know, self-develop and everything. Um, I got to the point where we'd developed this incredible relationship. Um, and I'm so thankful for it as well. Um, but where I was actually more eager to go to my mum for help <laughs> um, because of all of the research and knowledge that she'd done and her actually knowing and understanding me um, as an individual um, rather than going to someone else. Um, that's not to say that the tutors that were available to me weren't amazing because they really were um, and they did try and help but I just built this incredible relationship with my mum that I just felt so much, it just felt more natural to go to you. Um, so yeah that was thank you for helping me through that <laughs> was worth the yeah. journey wasn't it yeah so yeah. in the end even though it was a difficult journey um having that at the end um and the knowledge that you've built up yourself yeah. through this whole thing yeah um, was was really good and, and now we're working together yeah exactly and it, is, <laughs> it is our mission to actually yeah. use this experience that we've had to to also support families um you know other families through this um through their journeys yeah yeah um 
Well, I mean, is there, knowing what you know now, is there something that you would like to share with the audience or that you would have wanted to do differently as a parent um, while I was growing up? Um, to, to answer the question if, if there was anything I want to do differently, I'd say no, because even though the journey getting here was very difficult, um, it had huge emotional ups and downs. As I mentioned at the, mm. early, uh, at the beginning, that it was like a roller coaster ride, you know, with, with all the difficulties and the delights. Yeah. That is what shaped us in the people we are today. Mm. It it really helped to build our our own understanding and compassion um, and resilience. Mm. But also through this whole build us as a family as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and now with this whole olive tree neurodiversity, our our mission is to now empower other families and individuals yeah. to to build that knowledge and understanding because I know that not everybody has this um, has the opportunity opportunity but also um, you know not not everybody's a, a big nerd like me <laughs> who can who can yeah. use their their neurodiverse superpower to like hyper focus <laughs> and read books and books and books but yeah. to take that and and to, break it down into micro-knowledge, make yeah. it understandable for other families and empower them, uh, you guys, to um, you know, build your own knowledge and skills mm. through this all. So you can have compassion with your own difficulties, but also with your child's. And to help your child take accountability um, to become the best person that they can be, but then also as a parent, to help you to take accountability for your own actions towards your child yeah. and then um, you know build resilience so that your difficulty doesn't define you um, so that you can also then learn to own your label um, yeah. and that is the key thing and, and the whole mission of, of what we do in, in olive tree neurodiversity yeah yeah, well, thank you so much for watching. Um, we have so much incredible things in the works and that we are planning. Um, so definitely stay tuned for all of that stuff. Um, check out our social medias. We'll have them linked down below. Um, follow us. Make sure you click that bell icon because there is, like I said, so much incredible stuff to come. Um, and feel free to get in touch. Um, drop us a message and yeah please do get in touch and we'll do our best to talk to you guys um because we want to be there for you um so yeah please like the video yeah please like the video <laughs> so it's the social media manager sorry yeah <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs>